0: Y'all ready to get stupid? You ready to rock? This is Metal Mike, and in this episode, Ryan and I talk through our top ten favorite hair metal TV performances. From MTV award shows, to New Year's Eve performances, to the late night stuff, performances by LA Guns, Slaughter, Kiss, Poison, and many more. And if, hey, you like bands like that, you should check out my new book, A Hair Metal Journey. Buy it now on Amazon. But now it's time to check out this killer episode. Well, Ryan, welcome to the Metalcast, brother. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited about this one. We we talked about it for a long time. It's top ten hair metal TV performances. And if anybody you know scours YouTube or looks over this stuff, there's a lot of it out there, and it's all—it's constantly surfacing. You know, people are sourcing their old VHS onto YouTube, and there's a—it's a—it's a treasure trove. What do you think? Yeah,
1: very creative of you to come up with this one, and I've been hunting these videos over the years, and I think we talked about it. I used to like order them off eBay back in the old days, and it would be VHS taped off of old headbangers ball and uh, TV shows and um, talk
0: shows and stuff like that. So. YouTube came along and it all It all came back so it's really cool You know it's weird I when I watch it Now it kind of feels like a like a culture Clash or kind of like an alternate reality Because you know our metal guys Were actually part of the Mainstream for just that little window You know what I mean it's like you never would have thought You'd see like You know, today, if you know, just trying to think of like LA Guns or Firehouse or something or Slaughter being on like regular mainstream cable and stuff, you just you wouldn't see it, you know. But uh, back in the day, it was just pretty much normal. Totally,
1: I thought the same thing. All these, kind of, they kind of showcase the the pretty boy aspect of it a little bit too. And I'm like, oh, that's been a while.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, and you know, part of it too, you know. A lot of my lists, and probably on yours too, it was the early 90s, so it was like MTV oh, yeah. was kind of not playing these guys as much. This was like their last-ditch effort to get a little exposure, getting on these uh, late-night TV shows. And the funny thing too is that it kind of shows a snapshot where, like we said – our our metal heroes from back in the day were still kind of relevant. And I even think that late night TV was relevant. Because I don't think it's really as relevant as it once was. I think when you watched Arsenio and all these things, that's how you found out what was cool. I just don't think late night TV has that kind of effect. I think, you know, YouTube and and stuff like that, that's where people go to find out what's going on. You know what I mean? Like uh, influencers that are out there.
1: Oh, yeah. I hear all about it. And you're right, it's the... Late 80s, early 90s, but mostly early 90s. I think the, the only one I have that's... The oldest one I have on the list, I think, is 87. Everything else is like 88 to 91. So yeah. it, was a, it was a cool little phase, though. I like it.
0: And I feel like so now for anybody out there, if they have not really, if they haven't researched this very much. We've done all your homework for you. We're gonna go through uh, the, yeah. the the top ten. You're not even gonna believe some of these clips even exist. And then, well, I got a bunch of honorable mentions. I'm sure you do too, man. And two, another thing, if you follow the Metalcast on um, Twitter, I've been digging up these for years and posting them on there too. So, so this is something that I've always just found fun, found interesting. And I think it's going to be a, a good conversation. And here's the only thing I want to ask you about. So when you go through these things, some of them are completely live, right? Some of them are <laughs> like lip synced to just a track, you know? Some of them are like it's a it's a track, but it doesn't have the vocal. So the vocal is the only live thing. What was What kind of ones did you go for? I'm going to be honest. I did all the ones that were just completely live. What about you? Yeah, that was kind of in my rating system
1: of 1 to 10 because there were, I'm, without giving it away, my number 1 impressed me so much with the live abilities that it it had to be number 1. And the number 10, you could tell that there were some tracks involved, but um, I'll explain why I also chose it as number 10. So I agree that I chose um, most of the The live stuff, and and as I was digging it up, full disclosure, I wanted to put some Europe on there, and I could not find any live Europe, and it was just different in Europe, where they recorded (laughs) all these, or Scandinavia, most of them, and and they were all lip synced, and I went, nope, not going to do those, so so I'm right there with you, I I chose mostly all
0: live. Well, okay, so your number 10 was the one you were questioning, so why don't you just tell us what that number 10 is? Yeah, Perfect. So I went with one of my favorite bands, but not one of my favorite
1: songs by them, and it is Motley Crue doing the 1990 MTV Music Awards, and the song is "Don't Go Away, Mad." Just go away. Yeah. So, like, like I said, perfect, perfect time for the band. Um, I wish that they had done same old situation mm-hmm. because I feel like that would have been a little sleazier and and more kick ass. But I understand that they were trying to maybe appeal to a little bit more crossover with a acoustic electric kind of chimey song um you know they were the quote-unquote sober machine at the time and I, I actually think that this was early enough in the feel good sober days that i think they were <laughs> sober mm-hmm. and they yeah. looked lean and mean and handsome and ready to rock and and they sounded great and i, I must say that um vince did a hell of a job on that song yeah. live then and uh and the rest of the boys were up to their antics nikki had played really quality bass Tommy was hitting the sticks on the side of the snare and it'd fly up in the air and he'd grab it just like he did in theater tour and all that stuff. But, I mean, it was just such a cool era for them. Like, if you remember that story uh, about, like, Vince Neil saying, Magic Johnson asked me for my autograph, <laughs> you know? It's mm-hmm. Like, they were so damn big at the time, you got a superstar asking for Vince's autograph. So, anyway, I just uh, I kicked it off with, um,
0: with Motley. I love that one. Uh, It's on my list. It's higher. Cool. Uh, Nice. I'll I'll talk about it more uh, as we progress. But my number 10, man, this was a tough one. Like I said, I got a lot of honorables. I I tried to just crunch it down to 10. But I thought this one was just so weird and and just kind of like off the wall. I don't know. Maybe it's not that much off the wall. But I just find it kind of funny and cool. uh,
1: This is L.A. Guns.
0: L.A. Guns, Kiss My Love Goodbye, man, on Arsenio Hall, 1991. Very good. And uh, they just, they sound great. I think they've got some, and I think what you were trying to get at, maybe you did—you alluded to it, but you didn't really get into it, is that Motley's definitely got some piped-in backups uh, on, mm-hmm. on Don't Go Away Man. They, they do that all the time. And I think L.A. Guns has some piped-in uh, backgrounds as well for Kiss My Love Goodbye. They sound just too perfect. But I do give the other guys because yeah, totally. I think I think they're singing along with it, like Mick and Kelly and stuff, uh, and it sounds it sounds cool. I think Phil Lewis, like, he just looks cool. Like, he's got his hair, hair, like, the top of his hair kind of, like, back, pulled back, and and he's got, like, an all-jean jacket outfit. And Tracy Guns, man, this is where Tracy was starting to, like, kind of get away from the glam metal look. He looked like he could have been in suicidal tendencies. He had, like, short (laughs) hair. He had the the baseball cat with, with the thing flipped up. I think he also had a bandana on. He had the wife beater. So he was definitely straying from the whole glam look. But uh, it just was cool to think, like, here's L.A. Guns on late-night TV. And one yeah. thing I'm going to say, and it's going to come up over and over again, in mo- so many of the performances, I hate to say it, come from Arsenio Hall. I think Arsenio oh, yeah. Hall was the gold standard for, like, the hair metal and the rock performance. He had all kinds of artists on, but, like, for us who like the rock, it was, like, the gold standard. And it's not just because of who he had. It's the way, like, I think the sound quality is best on those and it always felt like a concert, you know what I mean? Like, the light show was always cool. The stage sh- setup was pretty awesome. So, I got to give the Arsenio Hall show, man, like, everybody credit because I thought those were some of the best out of any of the ones that are, that are out there. So, yeah, Kiss My Love Goodbye, it's just cool. And it's kind of, it's interesting to see, like, it's it's just all about to end and, and the image is changing, especially the way Tracy Guns looks. So, yeah, just a cool time.
1: Yeah, Arsenio really produced at that era for every genre and he he really did a great job showcasing these guys and i, I was pumped because I, I got some arsenio on here and he um he busted out some real random good stuff he did and as, as for la guns dude it was like that was the era where tracy started to kind of lose it a little bit in terms <laughs> of like <laughs> you're saying like he could have been suicidal yeah but um yeah it kind of threw me off because People weren't really doing that yet. Like it wasn't until the early '90s, like mid, almost mid '90s, they started chopping the hair. So, yep. Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe he was a trendsetter. <laughs> I think so. If you ask him, he'd tell you that he was. Uh, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> number nine. Okay, I got a guy that
1: creeps into my lists once in a while. Robert, the And it's Billy Idol doing "Cradle of Love" at the 1991 Grammys. Ooh, with um, the host was um, Gary Shandling.
0: That was kind of a,
1: you know, you got some funny combinations on here because you got a lot of these award shows that yeah. you got some stars at the time that are like, "Oh my gosh, this guy ran into uh, Billy Idol." Anyway, so um, it was cool. It was like the final. Billy really being, like, young and, and kind of using the, the 80s sexy thing that he had going for for all that, that decade. And this kind of wrapped it up for him because the next album was Cyberpunk, I think it was yeah, called, and it. it was very very 90s, very uh, progressive. I, I don't know. Anyway, so, um, but what a cool uh, performance. They basically reenacted the video where the young girl was trying to play her new Billy Idol tape and the other you know, guy's system, and Billy opens the door and pulls her in, and then they they launch into the song. And the band is cool. No Steve Stevens, though. That's the only Whoa. bummer. In this this era. <laughs> I know, dude. That's the only bummer. But he had a great great band and great look, and it was the the end of the Billy just being ripping era. And so, see, he always sounds great live. He really doesn't waver whatsoever. So, uh, it's this album's got a, a big big place in my heart. So I really really like this song, and the performance was spot on.
0: Cool. All right, man. Well for my number nine I, this one I wouldn't so I wouldn't say this is one of the best TV performances that I saw but it's just such a it's just such a great mix man no! I got Botley Crew. 1998 doing bitter pill and wild side on monday night raw man you got wwe and you got motley crew you know so it's just i just think it's it's funny it's it's funny too because with with bitter pill nobody had heard it yet i don't even think i had heard it yet i think that was like it was right before the album came out i don't remember the timeline but you know the crowd there did not know the song But they were getting into it and everything, and uh, once again, you got the 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 piped in uh, backgrounds, Wild Side. You know, eh, I don't remember that one being all that great either. (laughs) I think we're we're starting hitting that era where Vince was skipping a lot of words and everything. But uh, (laughs) and uh, he's he's gotten bigger here, and his hair was kind of like brown, like you know, shoulder length and brownish or whatever. But it was just like I said, it was cool. I just remember, you know. It was always like a big event when, like, especially for me, like if Motley Crue or Kiss or somebody was going to be on TV, like I knew about it and I was there with the VCR and, and taping it and watching it. So I just think it was, uh, it was just kind of like a cool pairing to see Crue. And it was cool too because Crue had just come off of Generation Swine and here it is. They're just trying to kind of regain their footing is like being just like a regular you know rock metal band or whatever so uh, yeah just a cool one
1: dude so pumped you put this on here um, this is brings back such good memories cause I missed the crew in the heyday cause of my age but this is when I was fully obsessed and fully bought into the crew and I remember having my mom tape this for me mm-hmm. and I still have it I still have the uh, VHS and I, and I found it in doing this research on youtube and it was (laughs) it was such a comforting comforting uh throwback for me because i remember exactly where i was cozied up in my parents house watching this thing and so pumped on that new song and I I really always liked that song "Bitter Pill" a lot. So yeah. I'm glad you put it on there, man. This is great.
0: Nice. And you know the funny thing too is the way you know we both said it. Like I said, you know, you tape it, and he's like, I had my mom tape it for me. And I don't know if you ever noticed, but I know we say that we say that all the time still, even though there is no tape. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. DVR or oh, whatever. Yeah. I always say, oh, can you tape uh, this? You know what I mean? It's it's funny how that we're we're, we're just old. We're never gonna get away from saying tape. Oh dude,
1: seconds. I said it yesterday. We we're the guys at the firehouse rented the UFC fight. And I go, oh, dude, we're going on a call. Can we can we tape this? And I was like, oh my god, there is
0: no tape. You
1: got like twenty-two year old firefighters
0: that are like, what's he mean? What? What is that? What's he talking about? (laughs) Put put a piece of tape on (laughs) it. All right, man. How about number eight?
1: Okay, number eight. I got Vixen at. Spring Break, nineteen eighty nine, Daytona Beach, Florida. Nice, so, <laughs> yes, I remember this. <laughs> um, like b- basically, if you said you're you're offering to take me back anywhere in time, this very well may be my choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, Florida, Spring Break, eighty nine. A whole like five days of bands, different genres, different different concerts. Huge stage on the beach, so killer. Um, Vixen was. Brand new, opening for the Scorpions. I really like this. Is I'm I'm not a huge female fronted uh, metal fan, but I I really like Vixen, and they they pulled it off well. They sound great live, and just the vibe is sweet. And the the uh, this one other thing we didn't talk about is some of the quality of videos we find out there is is shit. Yeah, this happens to be like crystal clear, so it's really cool to watch. Um, But it might be more so for the atmosphere that I put it on my list versus being vixen and being um (laughs) the songs but it was really a lot of atmosphere but it's really cool so i definitely check that one out
0: yeah that's cool i remember that and when you said vixen i also think vixen was on arsenio at one point too i'm uh, oh cool i'm pretty sure i think around when uh, rev it up came out i'm pretty sure but you know it's all blur so like i said you any of these could be it i guess my tip for anybody who's interested in this kind of stuff is just put Heavy metal bands, Arsenal. <laughs> Let's see what comes up. Yeah, you may find something that we didn't even know about. Uh, oh yeah. All right. Speaking of crappy clips, it, it's a good performance, <laughs> but I can only find like a shitty quality of it. <laughs> So on, uh, my number eight is a Slaughter, uh, also on Arsenio, 1990. I think they sound so good. They do Mad About You, and they do Fly to the Angels. And it's just, Mark's voice is just so killer here. And uh, to hear him do it live, and he, I don't think they use any kind of tracks because the guys do a really uh, bang-up job on, like, the backgrounds and everything. So, yeah, and, and uh, I just think, once again, it's that stage performance and the lighting is really cool. And... I'll do a, uh, what do we say, like an 8.1 like you do. Uh, They also, (laughs) they were on again uh, for the the wildlife. They do the wildlife and they do uh, real love. And those are really good too. So, like I said, just check out Slaughter on Arsenio. I think both of those performances from 90 and 92 are really, really good. Yeah,
1: I shall hold off on my comments on that
0: one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what do you got Really, here's a great band, Poison see see
1: I never seen you look
0: so good I got number 7 I got Poison, New Year's Eve, 87 into 88, from, Yes, I think, MTV. Yes, I know this one. They do uh, uh, rock and roll all night and talk dirty to me, right?
1: That's right, yeah. exactly. Yep.
0: Um, I'm not
1: sure if you uh, remember, but the introduction was made by Glenn Fry. So yes, I do, yes. <laughs> I watched this not that long ago. Good, yeah, it's another one of those like odd couples, you know. You got Gary Shandling, you got Glenn Fry. I mean, I love the Eagles. Glenn Fry's killer, but you know, I, I wouldn't think that he and, and Brett Michaels would be exactly be getting on. But anyway, I yeah. think it's pretty cool. So, but I, I chose this because they still have the like the wow factor, the the real cool, youthful, energetic era for these guys. Yeah. they're a little bit in in like the, the purple, fluffy phase with the long scarves and yeah. and that kind of thing versus like the. Sex appeal that Brett brought on by showing off more of his physique and whatnot in the in the next two albums and tours, but I mean, they're flying around the stage just like they came out of a club, you know. There's they were arena guys at that point, opening for a Rat and whatnot, but they they it wasn't long ago that they'd be at Gazzarri or something like that, so they still had this the. The uh, club stage down, the, the the stage show down, but they sounded great, and that was cool. They did, uh, yeah, like you said, um, rock and roll night, and they opened with it. Played two songs, "Talk Dirty to Me," and they they sound good, really cool. Like uh, I could tell that the chorus was uh, piped in, yeah. but Brad yeah. was still singing it on top of it, and then uh, when he'd come off of the the gang vocals and say "Talk Dirty to Me" at the end, you could tell that it was much different than the gang vocal part but hey they still sounded good cc was shredding i mean he played i was watching his guitar solo and i've always really liked that solo and and he did a bang up job it was absolute perfection
0: so i i doubt he was um faking that but uh yeah i thought it was a really cool performance yep that is a cool one and strangely enough my number seven is also poison from 1987 but it's from the joan rivers show oh wow Um, And they do talk dirty to me, and I want action. And what's cool about this is uh, they look exactly the way they look, at least to me, from the talk dirty to me video. Like I feel like that they were right in that mode. It's like right around when those videos came out. They look exactly like that, and uh, it's it's actually actually pretty cool. They're blowing up shit. There's bombs. They've got the speakers that have the four faces over top of them. You know, like from the album cover. It's really really cool. The only thing I'll give this performance is I, I do think they sound kind of like raw and sloppy, but it's still cool. You know, very energetic. But I, I would say like, I think Poison, I've always said this on the uh, on the podcast, is Poison definitely got better as musicians as time went on. So I think they're a little mm-hmm. sloppy, but it's it, it works. And actually the coolest stuff, the funniest stuff, well, first of all, Joe Rivers interviews him after, you know what I mean? And it's... <laughs> It's so funny, and you know how they—they they were really like high energy even when they talked. You know, when you go back and watch yes. Old Poison, they talk fast, they're laughing all the time. It's real high energy. And uh, the funny thing too is the guest prior to Poison, I think, was Robert Guillaume. I don't know if you remember him, but he's—he's he's like on the end of the couch. You know, like the old—that was oh, the yeah, thing. And I, yeah. maybe they still do that on late night TV. I don't watch, but you know, whoever they were talking to first kind of hangs out for the whole show. So Robert Guillaume right. was sitting at the end of the couch. And uh, the Poison guys are just, you know, joking around, acting like goofs. And, and the crowd is just going nuts. <laughs> like they're trying to talk and there's girls screaming, CC, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So I think, <laughs> I think that is actually almost as, as fun as the performance. But, yeah, go back and search that one, man. Joan Rivers, uh, Late Night, 1987.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to revisit that because I remember seeing I Want Action. That was the other one they did, right? Yep, yep. And but I would love to to revisit the the Joan Rivers interview portion of it because she's just such a, a character. Right? Yeah. I bet she she could hang with anybody. She was great.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: Number six. All right. I'm going to the Rick D's show. You got, <laughs> a lot you got of D's out there. That? A lot of lot of Rick D's out there. Dude, there are so many. This this was like such a <laughs> kind of a white trash like B-rated talk show, but. Yep. Dude, he kind of he delivered, like, there was a, a lot of them, but I... I that oh, House of Lords on there from my
0: favorite album of theirs, uh, Sahara. I was and, wondering. Um, I was wondering. There's there's two big ones from Rick D's that I'm like they better be on your list. So you all right? You got this one. All right. Yeah, let's see if you get the I, other. one. <laughs> yep. I I did not put Steelheart. Whoa,
1: what? What? <laughs> I didn't do it. No. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what edged it. It was the dumb interview.
0: Okay. I didn't care I for the, the interview. dumb interview. Okay. But tell
1: him yeah, the performances were equal. I think they were pretty good both of them. <laughs> but it's odd too because when uh mikey sings i um i'll never let you go it's always out of key live even back in the day Uh uh-huh but and so it kind of trips me out but then he he hits every high note so you gotta hand him that like he kills it on every those high notes but i think house of lords was a little more consistent in their performance okay and um and the interview didn't piss me off as much.
0: <laughs> <And> no, <laughs> so, wait, is this uh, the one that I sent you
1: before? Like Gene Simmons pops in there at some point. Is that the same? That's one? it. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah, I've watched that's this. That's the one. And yeah, Gene's in the crowd, and he's Rick D is begging him to send his tongue out, and they, they they didn't do it, so they like put a fake tongue in front of the camera. Anyway, it was very trashy, but I loved it, of course. So uh, they did two good songs: they can't find my way home and uh, Chains of Love, which is like just a perfect song um doug aldrich is in the band at that point so that was kind of cool oh, and nice. um james christian is just solid he's just got such a good voice so anyway
0: check out rick v's he's got a lot to deliver just like arsenio nice he does have quite a few uh, i don't know if there are any from his show on my list but they, they, there's some honorables there were some Okay, Yeah. so now my number six I don't think I ever saw this back in the day But once I discovered it on YouTube I was just like, Florida I was like, this is so good Winger! So number six, I got Winger 1989 Arsenio Hall, and they do Hungry and they do Headed for a Heartbreak, and they just sound so good. Like it's oh, back yeah. to that sound. And the other cool thing that always happens on Arsenio, I think it's on every performance, there's some weird door that covers the band and then it rises and the band's there you know what yeah. i'm talking about <laughs> like this i don't know it's just that has like a vibe you know it's cool but um yeah, yeah winger winger sounded really good the only thing that just kind of drives me crazy sometimes which probably drives a lot of people crazy is like kip's got the when kip has the little microphone thing hooked to his ear that gives him the freedom to kind of like get a little crazy with the spins and the put, holding his bass <laughs> up and not playing <laughs> and stuff so like yeah it is what it is But um, the the sound quality, I mean, they're just, between all the background vocals and Kip's vocals and the keyboards and the drums, I mean, everything is just so spot on. It just showcases what a talented band they are. And it goes back to how well the sound is done on Arsenio Hall. Winger, maybe you've got them on your list, don't want to steal your thunder. They played a couple different shows on MTV as well and um and they're good i think they did a, a new year's eve and they did some other talks they did a couple different shows uh on mtv but they don't sound as good as they did on arsenio mm-hmm. and it's not do, to do with their talent it's the it's that production whoever produced those the, did the sound mixing and everything on arsenio man at italian it's a gold standard it's awesome so yeah Go back and watch that one. Every time I watch it though, whatever one I find, it always has like all this Japanese writing. Somebody from Japan or something. I'm oh yeah. It. There's like totally. Japanese writing across the screen or something, but um it's a great performance.
1: Yeah, so you said they did uh uh Hungry and Seventeen or uh, Headed
0: for a Heartbreak. So this must have headed been for, that's right. the end of the so, album run. Yeah, this was that's the end right. of the album run. Uh
1: I I have Winger on my list coming up. It's not this. And I actually um chose the other one because i prefer the the you had to choose songs that are neither one of these yeah and i've always liked hungry but i i thought it was kind of an odd choice to be honest um maybe there maybe it was a single at the moment it was when they played yeah that, that was show. the last okay. that
0: was the last single of the album run yep got it yeah
1: so that was probably it but i obviously love that performance as well so but i, I have a different one of theirs um coming up shortly okay well what's your number five Number five, I have. This is where I have Slaughter doing Arsenio. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, same thing. And uh, spoiler alert: I wanted to put a Warrant um, video clip on this list, but I didn't, and I'll tell you why. It's because I compared these two, and it was just like you said: Slaughter absolutely destroyed live both songs, and I didn't think Warrant performed on Arsenio very well at all. I I, I don't know why. I mean, Janie's my guy, and I just thought that he was slacking a little bit. So I chose um, Slaughter uh, of the Arsenio um, list over them. But I thought the same thing, dude. Um, Nailed it. Both songs are super cool. I love Mad About You. It's definitely my favorite song on that album. Mm -hmm. And I thought they did a cool uh, variation of Flight of the Angels because it was different. They kind of shortened it up, I think, for tv and uh did a lot of different stuff towards the end of the song but it really showcased mark's vocals and i was thinking about what vinnie vincent was thinking when he saw these guys <laughs> on arsenio like <laughs> two years after they had released uh, all systems go and he's going
0: damn it guys, i never got, got on our <laughs> <laughs> yeah And it's funny, you you mentioned the Warrant, and and, and maybe we'll just get into that maybe a little bit more in the uh, Honorable Mentions, but I also wanted to pick a few different Warrant ones, but yeah, they did, a lot of the TV TV performances, they didn't sound that great, so I I kind of passed on. Yeah, don't know why. All right, number five, This Is Inevitable For Me. (laughs) And Brittany Fox. 1988, MTV mouth to mouth. They do "Girl School." They do "Long Way to Love." They sound great. They look cool. They, yeah. They're still doing all their regalia, their glammy stuff from the from the first album. And the, the craziest, beyond the performance you got to go back and watch this, man. It's Dean Davidson is doing these wacky splits. I don't know how he's oh, doing yeah. them. He's, he's dropping all the way down doing splits. I don't know how he didn't bust a nut or rip his pants or something, <laughs> but he does these crazy splits, and he's right back up to sing right after. So I know. Uh, so cool. It, it, it's just, like I said, the whole band's on fire. They sound great. You know they're not piping in any fake shit. It's all live. And, uh, yeah, man, Brittany Fox uh, from uh, from MTV. It's great
1: that's a good one this came up between you and i some other like within the year and we were talking about britney here i can't remember why but i had watched this again and dude what a good performance i actually totally forgot and missed it completely it's not even on my honorables, so it'll be on my honorable honorable mention at this (laughs) point because that would be cheating but uh totally great performance i thought they sounded spot on and i was tripping that he was able to pop up on that Jean Claude Van Damme splits as well. It was very talented. He didn't miss a beat. Oh, nope. great.
0: I love it. All
1: right. Number four. Number four. This is where I have Bon Jovi, 1989 MTV Music Awards, doing the acoustic thing. And. Yes. I, as much as I don't want to compliment Jovi these days just because I'm not always feeling them, this was, this was huge. This was huge for the genre. This was not only a great performance and really showing off both of their amazing voices and their guitar work. It, from what I understand, it really kicked off MTV Unplugged series, I think. Like, it it was kind of the brainchild. So, yeah, Um, but I... I actually am in the minority probably, and I, I prefer Richie Sambora's vocals over Bonjo or John Bon Jovi's. Mm-hmm. But I mean, both of them sounded killer, and they, and they this was um, John was peaking still here. So, but I mean, it was kind of sad because I'm thinking like if John Bon Jovi tried this now, I mean, it, it kind of <laughs> sounds like he it sounds like he, he's got. A sinus infection, and he's got a mouthful of peanut butter. And he's just hes trying yeah. to sing. <laughs> That's just kind of how he is these days. But Bon Jovi 89 was was really hard to knock. So uh, these guys were on really on point on this performance.
0: I'm so glad you put this on here. I wrestled with this one. I think it's one of those ones where I know it's importance, but it's not one that I like watch very often. So like, I'm glad you put it on there. But, yeah, very key to the whole MTV Unplugged thing. and Yeah, so spot on yeah it's cool when he kind of
1: hands the reins over to richie and he does lead for a minute and then uh, obviously he does a lot of the background and dude that guy's voice is just a powerhouse so what a really cool combo uh
0: my number four always like this uh, performance i remember watching this uh, on new year's eve 1990 and it's cinderella doing shelter me and coming home and i just think that they sound so good they've got the uh, background singers in there to do shelter me with them and like i said i think gary corbett's on keyboards they got a saxophone player so they've got all the elements there so they can do shelter me some justice live and um, th- yeah, it's just a great, great performance. Like I said, I remember it plain as day, watching it when it came out. The only thing that drives me crazy, and something about this, like once we got to the '90s, Tom Kiefer liked to say stuff weird. And and when he says "come coming home," he says "chummin' home." And when he says huh. when he says "chummin' home," I want to slap him across his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chummin' huh. home, you know? Like, come on, no. I'm coming home. I'm not, chum, yeah. I'm not chumming home. So that's the only thing that drives me crazy. And there's some other live performances where uh, he, he does do those kind of things. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's like trying to like uh, copy some kind of old blues guy or something. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he just he's just trying to be different. Maybe he's got a speech thing going on. I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, other than that, though, a great performance.
1: If that kind of stuff bugs you, listen to the Y&T song, Mean Street. <laughs> have you ever noticed Street? <laughs> Apparently, there's not a K at the end of that. It's a it's a C H Mean Street. <laughs> so oh, check that boy. one out. Oh, I didn't even see this, and I'm I just ugh, yeah, just that album for me. I don't even know if I would have even bothered because <laughs> that album and that song. I like when you had said saxophone, and I don't know, man. This the album's never done it for me, so I, I probably avoided it. But I yeah. do like coming home, so. I've I probably should give it a watch. Yeah,
0: go give (laughs) that one a watch. All right. Number three.
1: Okay, here's where I have Winger doing the MTV Big Bang New Year's Eve uh, 1989. Yeah, I
0: remember that. Yeah.
1: I remember watching Yeah, and this is the one I chose, uh, this one, over Arsenio because of the song choices they did. Madeline in seventeen, and um, talk about blowing people out of the water. This band was just firing on all cylinders at this point, and they just delivered. Uh, Reb's backup vocals and his shredding guitar was was so so impressive, and Kit looked amazing as usual, and he sounded killer. And they made this four piece band sound like they were an eight piece band. It just they're huge, and no wonder they're they're virtuosos, and everybody loves using them for studio work and wow. stuff, but. um yeah, I, the, the energy of this was great. And these, when Kip opens with the the yeah, yeah of Madeline at the beginning, it was like, oh, my God. But the crowd was like, what am I what am I
0: hearing? This is yep. killer, dude. So, yeah, really cool choice. Yep, I like that one, too, and I, I do believe that was another one. I remember actually watching it when it was on TV. It was, it was uh, great stuff. Oh cool Okay this one is just It's epic On so many levels I don't know If, you, if you've watched <laughs> it Or if you Have any feelings on it But I've got a lot To say about it So for what you believe? All right, right. Ooh, you Number
1: three man
0: I gotta go with poison, and I gotta go with stand from 1993. Ah. It, it's uh, what Ar- Arsenio. So, so I'm gonna run uh-huh. through all the things. Well, first of all, let's just talk about the music. They sound great. Like they've got a whole yes. choir, like some kind of choir from from I don't know if it's a Los Angeles choir, but they're singing with these guys, and it sounds so full. The band sounds so tight. There's even a part where like Bobby Dolls playing acoustic, and, and Richie's playing a little mandolin or something like that. So they're just they're, they're they're spot on with their musicianship, but here's some of the interesting things that happened during this. So at one point when it starts, Arsenio goes from the album Flesh and Blood. He is Ooh. poison. So he so he says the wrong album. Uh, they were there for Flesh and Blood uh, a couple years earlier. They did um, him and CC did something to believe in acoustic on Arsenio. So they've been on Arsenio a few different times, but he screws up the album. So there's number one.
1: Ooh, so then the oh. next
0: thing that's kind of interesting is that Brett, you know, as the guy we talked about who was just talking about partying and getting laid and all that stuff, you know, back in 87... He starts off with a with a spiel. Not that there's anything wrong with this, but he's talking like kind of like an anti racism spiel. It's saying how we've got the black singers with us and you know we're we're all about inclusion of everyone, which is it's cool. It was just kind of like a real big contrast from just a few years of just being really superficial and goofy and now they're like yeah, being serious. Totally. So that was another thing that kind of stood out in my mind. But um other than that, man, it's a it's a really good performance. And uh, yeah. But and, and I think I think it sounds better live than it might even sound on the album. So, but uh, yeah. there's just a few things. But I, I always thought Arsenio botching the album. They must be thinking like, <laughs> you "Son of a bitch, this is the only promotion we're going to get for this album, and you just blowed it." <laughs> oh, I know.
1: <laughs> Damn. Uh, um, that that's a good one. I remember seeing it years ago. I I saw that it was on the suggested on YouTube when I was doing the research for this, and I I didn't watch it this time around because. I'm still getting used to that album. Yeah, even you know years later. But um, I might go back and watch it because I actually have always cared for this song. I really do think it's pretty cool, and um, I want to see uh, Richie Richie do his thing. So I'll, I'll yeah, check it out again. It's
0: wicked good. Like I said, real solid, and it just shows you how, like I, I've, I've preached it a million times, how far they came uh, as musicians. Yeah. You know what I mean? As once they got to that point. So yeah, great stuff. Cool. All right, number
1: two. All right, I got Vince Neil, MTV Awards, 1992. Oh, I forgot about this. Damn it. Good. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yeah, This is a really cool one. So, you kind of touched on something earlier that I'll, I'll get to, but uh, really good performance, and I've always loved this song. It's As we talk about the, the quote-unquote hits as we get older, we've heard them so many times, kind of turn them off, gravitate towards album tracks, but I never turn this song off. I've always really liked this song. Um, but Vince struck first, post-Crew. This yes. is a killer song off Encino Man and the soundtrack and the great solo record that we, we both really like and the band was killer top-notch guys steve stevens all the all the know uh, big fox and robbie crane all these guys so it was really cool but um one thing i noticed is you know when a song's like too new to screw it up it's yeah. like he ha- he hadn't <laughs> sat with it long enough to like start skipping words and singing things out of key and missing right. lyrics like <laughs> he had to sing it like the album so he did just that and it was great um he, they did the the cool part that I prefer on the music video where they uh, post solo. They they sing the chorus, and then they the music stops for the wow, oh, yeah that yeah. part, and, and then they launch back into You're Invited But Your Friend Can't Come. And they did that live, which was killer, but they didn't do it on the album, which I always didn't like. But anyway, so... This is kind of Vince's last hurrah, too, before he got a little bit bigger, I should say. And um, so it's a a killer era for the guy, and um, he was feeling himself.
0: I loved it. So that's why he's number two. Yeah. There's one thing that's always stood out from that performance is he's not wearing any shoes. I know that kind of would, bugs me. It's kind of weird, but I <laughs> I remember watching this when it came out. I remember I remember going to see. If you want to talk about something? How old I am, or what I can remember? I remember going to see Encino Man" at the drive-in with my friends, <laughs> and I remember the oh, song killer. being in "Insino Man." And I and I think well, even at that time, I was thinking to myself. How does Vince have a song in a movie right now? Because like it's kind of you old. Know, even then, I was thinking like it's kind of over, man. How does this dude got a, a big song nah. in a, a movie? And nah. um, but I I remember watching that the, the, right when it came out and thinking, yeah, man, he. He he kicked ass. He came. He struck first, and he did a great job. And uh, and you know what's funny? You know, you talk about him, you know, kind of having it together. But when you read the dirt, it sounds like he wasn't together at that time. <laughs> so like when I read about the album, them making Exposed, he said he was really messed up and doing a lot of partying. So how he oh, yeah. sounds so great and came up with great songs and how he put on a great performance, I don't know, but. But, uh, yeah, it's a great era. Right, he, he kind of fell off a little bit uh, after this for a lot of different reasons. But, yeah, no, I love that. I'm glad. I totally forgot. See, there's always good. I knew this. I knew there was going to be something I forgot, and that's what I forgot.
1: <laughs> you ever notice when, if you ever look up um, live footage of Vince's Exposed tour, he did he, he played, like, two songs from from Exposed, even when it was a brand-new album. Wow. Like, you know, like, nowadays, he tours solo, and he plays... Like maybe one Vince Neal solo song right, all right. Motley. Yeah. He even did that then. It was it was mostly maybe this song and, and like Set Me Free or something like yeah. that. Or, yeah. You know, and that was it. It was just all it was just like a Motley cover band the whole time.
0: Really? It's gotta go with what sells. Triple
1: Platinum, Gorgeous Wives, Race Cars, number one album, Dr. Feelgood. Good. Yes! 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 yes. <laughs> performing live one of the hottest hard rock bands in this particular galaxy. Ladies and gentlemen, Motley Crew!
0: Well, number two is where I put Crew Don't Go Away Mad. And, oh, wow. And, you know, saw this as a kid watching the award show. And, and kind of some of the things that you touched on, they, they looked pretty cool. This is like this is vince at the top of his game you know before kind of the band you know splits yeah. and all this kind of stuff and yeah they were you know they're at the commercial height everybody in the crowd was digging him you can even see all these some of these stuffy people were still dancing around to this song i know that was and it just you know as much as i sometimes say i don't care for the dr feelgood album as a whole i do look at it as like a really important time for the band and uh, you know, and there was a lot of cool things happening for them at that moment. So yeah, I, I always look back at that clip pretty fondly, and I, I I I I probably watch it every every year at least one time just because just reminds me of the old days and the fun times and the the band yeah. at their peak. So yeah, it's a great performance. And who announces them? Arsenio Motley oh, Right, yeah. <laughs> so it all comes back to everything. He was always, you know, it, it was so funny to think how big that guy was for that period. He would host the MTV Awards, his show was huge. He had all, I mean, go back. If you just want to get a kick out of just pop culture man watch some of these best of uh arsenio he had jason Voorhees on there one time i don't know if you've ever seen that jason Voorhees. he interviews him but jason doesn't speak he had like macho man savage (laughs) the ultimate warrior i mean it's just you go through this shit it's crazy so so much cool uh pop culture and it's great to see our hair metal uh buddies on there too so all right man enough about arsenio what's what's number one who's the number one band Okay, so this is the oldest clip I have on here,
1: and it's dating back to 1987 And it's white snake at the MTV Awards absolutely killing it to still the night Yes, that is a cool performance. Yep, Yep. Yep. Just pure power peaking they chose an epic long led zeppelin-esque song for mtv awards just a scorcher showing off every member's skills and that was a ballsy move you know it was it was a long song with a long breakdown and they still said yeah we're gonna play it it's an epic and it certainly worked um and it was this is one of the also also one of the things i noticed in going back to these it was always killer to see The metal dudes just blowing fans and fellow musicians out of the water when it came to others observing. You know, Mm -hmm. like you said, like the yuppies in the crowd, the other movie stars in the crowd or whatnot, other genres that are watching from the wings, they're just like, holy shit. Like, look at these metal dudes work the crowd and play their instruments and sing the way they sing. And People's jaws were just dropped. It looked like it was just epic, and they dominated the stage. Coverdale was was on point, and you could tell every second of it was live. It, it sounds very similar to the album, but when you're an expert like you and I, you could tell the little, the little variations yeah. were there just slightly, and you're like, shit, this is live. So, But it was in a good way. Like You could tell that it was live, and it was just, dude, it was perfect for the era, great band. And like I said, we always talk about 87 and Slip of the Tongue, Yep. but dude, what a cool genre era for these guys, and uh, Coverdale couldn't have worked the crowd better. It was every classic Coverdale move, and dude, just awesome.
0: That is a great one, and uh, it's funny you say that, because I always, and and I'm going to go back and watch this one, because I was always questioning was... I knew that Coverdale was live, but I questioned if the background music was was piped in. I didn't because maybe because they're that good. Maybe that you're onto something there. But the <laughs> the way they looked was cool, and I always like. I think there's a bunch of rocks or something on the stage. Am I right? Yes, they yeah. yeah, that's right. And yep. I think that was nice, another big, cool thing about those performances is sometimes there was a really cool weird stage thing going on, and that was uh, that's one of those. So no, that's a great one. I could see the the uh the bow that, that you'd use for like a cello that
1: part yeah in the, the breakdown i could see that being maybe not accurate and maybe not live you know what i mean like yeah. i'm not a guitar player so i i don't know but it sounded perfect but yeah. i don't know i think you're you're onto something there
0: yeah for sure all right i my number one man i, I just said enough about arsenio but i'm, <laughs> I'm ending with an arsenio um, <laughs> This one, for me, is is the top dog. I definitely stayed up to watch this one.
1: 1993,
0: KISS, Alive 3, they do Detroit Rock City, and they do Deuce. And you know, this is them in their revenge era. Uh, They're that you know, kind of their heaviest uh, in a long time. They look cool. They kind of got rid of all the weird glammy stuff, and, and they're wearing black leather again. So, yeah, it's it's really cool. The interview stuff's pretty cool, too. It's mostly Gene and Paul that you hear from, as usual, is what you would expect. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a pretty cool interview, and the performances are great. And then one other thing I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention this before, is that what Arsenio would do sometimes, and some other shows would do this, too, sometimes they would show the clip in black and white. So it's weird. Oh. They do Detroit Rock City, and it's in color. And then they do Deuce, and it's in black and white. And it's kind of cool because it kind of, once again because Deuce is one of their, actually off their debut album. So it kind of like makes you feel like you're going back in time or something like that. So well done. That's my favorite band. Kind of like at a really yeah. cool era. They sound great and they had a nice little interview uh, section as well. So that's my number one.
1: That's cool. Yeah. This is, this is my choice era besides the, the mid eighties lace stuff. I really like this, this look in this era for that band. So, yeah, cool choice. You gotta,
0: you gotta finish up with Arsenio, of course, man. So, uh, <laughs> what do you got for? So, what I did, I put some of the Javier uh, artists on uh, my um, uh, honorables, and they got a couple that that didn't make it. So, why, why don't you go first, man? Give me some of the ones that you were you were struggling with that you wanted to put on here. Sure, yeah. So, in that Rick D show, we already touched on it, Steel Heart. Um, L.A. Guns,
1: Vixen, Warrant Nelson was actually really good. She was very
0: good on Rig D's. Yeah. After the Rains. Yeah. So great. Yep.
1: Yep. The the Quiet Riot
0: reunion in like
1: 90 or 91, where I met They did a couple songs and they, they were killing it. looked really good. Yeah, but and you know what? I wrote annoyed. that
0: one down and I wrote that as a. Uh, a horrible Quiet Riot performance On Rick Dees And the reason why Is the drummer <laughs> The drummer sucks I don't know who this is It's, it's not Frank Cibinelli He was like Playing with Wasp Or something at that We're point well. well go But yeah. the guy cannot play in time I don't know if there was A sound issue He couldn't hear But Dude this guy is plotting, and, and he's he's playing it off time. It sounds like... His huh. drumming sounds like shit. I know what you're saying. They look cool, and, and it, overall, it's, yeah. not a, it's not a bad performance besides the drums. But I'm like, who is this scab? He sucks. <laughs> Get Frankie back in there. I that. Go back and watch that. it. You'll know what I'm talking about. You'll be like, whoa. Like It just sounds like too slow at times. And then the tempo changes. It's just... I don't know. Whoever this is, probably is going to watch this video and comment about it. Whoever that guy. Is. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry you you did not do a good job on that show. Totally. Oh <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, they, they also Ricky's also had just a couple more. He had Alias, real pretty yeah. good performance, yep. um, and a band called Giant that I really like. All and right. they actually did that, that. Those are really tough songs to sing. Did a good job, but um, we didn't. We we couldn't go like real big into like you know, movie appearances and pay-per-view and whatnot in the list. But do you
0: remember white lion in the movie, the money pit? No, I think I read something about that recently that they were in it. No, I don't remember them being in the money pit. You got to check it oh, out. Wait dude. a minute. That Tom- Actually, I do. I, th- I think I did go back and watch it. What, what year was it? So that's that Tom Hanks movie. It was like 85 or six. Yeah. Or they're real metal they're like out a, looking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, the, I did watch that. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's a cool one. Check yeah. it out. at the end of the movie. And then, um, uh, D C did the Grammys in 2015. They played their new song and they played Highway to Hell. I got Skid Row and Saturday Night Live doing, yeah. um, Monkey Business. Which I almost put it. Was, that's a pretty good one. And then, it's funny, I was going to mention, you and I, we didn't choose any of the
0: Unplugged stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of, a, list no, part. that's, we'll say that's another podcast. <laughs> I see. Okay, I got it. Yeah, there's a lot. So that's good. Um,
1: Def Leppard did uh, MTV Awards in 89, and they played a, a new song for them. Which I remember that. Crazy. It was that song, Tear It Down, Tear which it down. is a yep. good song. Yep. And then, you know what I I didn't put on there was the infamous pink-haired C.C. DeVille. You know, uh, I've got that on yeah. my
0: honorables. Yeah, we, we need to talk about that. So, uh, yeah, what do you got? yeah, what do you got to say? Oh, dude, I didn't put
1: it just because it was so bad. like. I'll never forget Brett saying like, "It ain't pretty,
0: but it's rock and roll." Or yeah. Whatever. yeah, you know what I mean. But here's, like, but here's the thing: uh, if you re- so it's people to watch, yeah, they've blown this. Uh, cl- so this uh, potentially is what how the band ended, right? They got in a fight after, but but here's a, like a lot of rock sites in the past couple of years have run stories about this, and I want to try to debunk this because I, I think I can. So what they're trying to say is that. They were supposed to play Unskinny Bop, and CC didn't want to play that. So then they bust into "Talk Dirty to Me," like impromptu, yeah. right? Okay, I don't buy that for a second. Okay, because this is what I think happened. This is what I've I've looked, I've researched this, watched it, read about it. What I think happens, okay, when when um, when they go to commercial, and the band wants to kind of warm up and, and kind of get ready to go, they play something. So while, when they were mm-hmm. at commercial. Poison plays "Unskinny Bop." The problem yeah. was, is they cut back to commercial too soon, and they were in the middle of doing "Unskinny Bop." All night and day,
1: sing All right, gonna pop. Oh, sing it. Well. <laughs>
0: Actually, actually they need no introduction, right? I'll give them one anyway. So then what happens is... They just kind of everything kind of gets thrown off, and everything's a little awkward for a second. Then they say they do when I hear the music. They do that intro to Let It Play. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they go into Talk Dirty to Me. I firmly believe that 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 Talk Dirty to Me was what they were meant to play. Unskinny Bop was just them goofing around during a commercial break, kind of getting the sound and everything going. That's my theory. So I don't think okay. there was. I don't think anything was going on with that. There's no way. Let's face it. You're not just gonna bust out talk dirty to me and the band's all gonna go along with you I just I don't buy that so granted he was shit faced and I'm sure they and I'm sure that's what broke up the band but I firmly believe that he did was not the one uh, calling the shots with what they were playing I think it just they came back early from a commercial break they did that with Metallica as well if you watch Metallica on the music awards uh, they were playing some song a, a different song and then they come back a little too early. And you can hear them playing a second of it. And then they bust into Hunter oh. Sandman. So that kind of shit happens. So, so don't believe those theories about the unskinny Bob thing. So, yeah,
1: you see, this is all the more reason you need a member of poison on the podcast. That's so to right. Clear this shit up. Let's clear it up. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, but, yeah, more? Got two more. And it was, yeah. It was for on Arsenio. That was kind of killer. Cause it was with, um, God, what's his name? The other singer.
0: Wait, the who? Uh, who? Foreigner Oh yeah When they had the other singer I, Yes, Yep I never what you're talking about That was a good wow, one Wow I kicked myself for not remembering his name Because uh, Johnny,
1: Johnny uh, I don't... can't remember But yeah He was killer It was a good song And then Lou Graham also was on our studio Doing his uh, solo album Which I really like It's it's much more poppy But yep. again Just like you're saying About the production Dude He was Spot on the So anyway that. That's it for
0: me Always good. Uh, I wanted to put Warren on a couple different times. I think Warren also did that mouth to mouth or the big show or some on MTV. They yeah. did Down Boys and Heaven, but they sounded like crap. Like I, I don't I know, know if it know. was really them. I, I think it was the sound. It was just the sound. Quality. Sound man just didn't have it together, so they didn't sound that great. Then they did uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin and I Saw Red on uh, Rick mm-hmm. D's. The performance is actually good. But the sound quality is horrible. And what's weird, it's like the vocals sound really good, but the music sounds like it's coming through a boombox or something. Like it's so mm-hmm, bad. Yeah. So I think Rick D's just didn't have good uh, sound quality striper's on there rick d's but we talked you and i were kind of texted about this i would put that but it's completely lip-synced and and air-banded you know what i mean they're not they're mine they're not playing they do shining star and they do um lady and what is weird is every other band that was ever on rick d's always played so why did why why didn't they i don't know uh i should have asked michael sweet that but no i don't know if he will ever come back on um (laughs) <laughs> Another thing of Warrant is if you notice, they, they were pushing real hard in 91 to push the Blind Faith song, the single. Yes. They were on Arsenio, they were on MTV, they were on Rick D's, and they all played uh, Blind Faith. And I think Blind Faith sounds actually pretty good. Um, but it was just one of those ones where like that single bombed and it was kind of over for that album's run. But uh, they, they tried. They tried to do that kind of unplug thing on a couple different shows. yeah. Uh, so, for my heavier ones, I got Manowar uh, doing Gloves of Metal, 1983, and they're on Nickelodeon. <laughs> and it's so insane. No way. Oh, yes. They're wearing, like, the furs and the, the spikes. Oh, we will, uh, we
1: spike.
0: And then they play, like, this real r- r- crazy performance of Gloves of Metal. And then they're, they talk to, like, all these dorky kids. And then, like, and they're all, be- like... Like, Joey DeMaio's talking, he's so chill. You know what I mean? Here he is, this metal guy, and he's, he, you know, it's like a Gene Simmons type of thing, you know what I mean? Just, like, kind of, like, a really intelligent guy or whatever. But anyways, yeah. um, then we've got uh, Megadeth doing Hangar 18, and that's another one that's um, pretty good. Uh, that's on Arsenio. Once again, just really cool to see, like, a thrash band. Yeah, totally. on Late night TV. Uh, that was in uh, 1990. Anthrax on Arsenio doing um, only... And then doing Got the Time, also from 19, Mm -hmm. uh, that's from 93. We mentioned the horrible Quiet Riot performance, at least I I consider it (laughs) horrible. Uh, Motley did a lot of uh, Afraid on a couple different shows. And I really like when they did it on Jay Leno because it starts off like color and then it goes black and white. But the coolest thing is they do an interview. You got to watch the interview at the end. And uh, he goes, so this is, talking about Generation Swine, he's like, this is like the first album you guys done in, in a long time, right? They're like, oh yeah, seven years. Totally blew off the 94 album, <laughs> like it didn't exist. Ooh, yeah. And then, uh, and he's like, hey, is it good to have Vince back? And they're all kind of like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just that one, it's very, it's very telling. Uh, I, also, okay. I also did Skid Row, and now this uh, Saturday Night Live, now here's the thing about Skid Row. This clip is like taboo. You can't find Dude, it. Dude, I know. It's it's like I know. if you if you, I think there's one of Piece of Me, but like it's it's like an altered because of a copyright or something like that. So you, it's like I don't remember. It's like sideways or it's it's weird. So um, there's some weird stuff going on with that with Monkey Business and a Piece of Me. I don't know if there's a copyright thing and these clips are like buried somewhere, but you can't find. original clips of these anywhere i know it's so weird and then my last one is i had to go with this one it's it's a real rare one from australia and it's kiss 2003 they're back with peter chris but then they've got tommy thayer it's kind of like a weird lineup uh, like a hybrid Uh lineup and they're in makeup and they're playing with an orchestra and they do sure know something kind of unplugged with the orchestra it's really really good like the sound quality is so good it's a great performance and to your point, I think you were looking for the band Europe doing some live stuff. They did yeah. a lot of lip sync stuff, like you said. But I do believe if you go back to some of those shows, you can find them doing like "Halfway to Heaven" acoustic mm, okay. with a full band. So that's nice. so that's out there. I think most of the time you're right. They're doing they're doing lip sync performances, but I think they did a little run with like European TV shows doing "Halfway to Heaven." So that's what I got.
1: You know what? One that we neither us mentioned. It came to me when you were talking about uh, Manowar from '83. Was do you have you ever seen? There's like some random game show. Yeah, during the Motley Crue. Devil era. It was his
0: sister. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like it was Motley doing. Um, like some someone won the game show and they said you get a performance by Motley Crue. Yeah, and they opened the 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 stage one across and it's. Them in their full shout regalia and they're doing looks to kill, I think. Yeah, and I think they do live and wire. Two. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and I. It kind of came to me when you said something about uh, man war because I didn't really go back that far. You know, like I yeah. said, the, the latest I went back or the earliest was uh, eighty seven.
0: But, yeah, I'm surprised neither of us put it on there, but that's definitely lip-sync. Yeah, so that's, that's completely lip-sync. Why. Now, if you go back and you watch, like, a lot of the, the Top of the Pops, I think it is, that oh, yeah, one that is was cool. always... Um, the music is the 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 tape, and then the vocals are live. And there's actually a couple cool ones. There's one... With Kiss doing Crazy Nights, and it actually Paul uh-huh. oh, sounds great. He's re- it's really live, but the back the backing track is not. And then you gotta look, go back and watch um, Wasp doing Chainsaw Charlie from like '92. And so the uh-huh. the background is 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 piped in. You know that he's singing to a tape, but his voice is shot, right? And oh. and there's times where he can't. He's like giving up, and he's just letting the background do the chorus. <laughs> he's just he's kind of just like, whispering it. So you know, see. Well, everybody has an off moment, but uh, he looks. Cool. Yeah. The band looks cool. It's like him and a bunch of scabs, but they look cool. And there's a couple different other wasp ones too. I think didn't you send me one where they they lip sync uh, scream until you like it? So there's a lot of cool stuff yes. out there. Yeah. Um, so like so said, we we could go all day about the lip sync ones because there's tons of those. But to find oh, those yeah. high quality live performances, they actually sound good. You know what I mean? Like I said, I, I think we made it. Uh, we narrowed it down pretty good to ten. So that's yeah, good awesome cool man well i hope that people enjoy this i hope they kind of tag us maybe on some other stuff that we forgot or maybe somebody's yeah. gonna just get inspired and, and go down the uh, rick d's arsenio hall wormhole <laughs> <laughs> totally
1: dude no. all right, Trip man. down memory
0: lane for a lot of people <laughs> all right man have a good one
1: all right you too take yeah. care talk to you later bye
0: Well, that was great, revisiting all those old TV performances. Make sure you go on YouTube and search for some of your own and relive the magic. Rock on!